We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, happy Thanksgiving, and how you doing? Happy Thanksgiving to you and all the viewers here. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm excited to talk baseball, but first, you know, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. You know, just you know, want to say that right now, and happy Black Friday to those who celebrate Black Friday. I don't know if it's a holiday. You know, I don't even know if it's really a holiday anymore with all the internet, you know, that, that goes on or Cyber Monday, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, but yeah, we will not be running any Black Friday deals because we don't have anything for sale except for, you know, we're free here. So, Nate, let's start it off here with a fun question. Thanksgiving, what do you got on the, what do you got on the table? What's your favorite thing? Oh my gosh. With, besides I, everything. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> tough. Um, ham is on there turkey's on there i prefer the ham to the turkey because i I think turkey's a little dry but mashed potatoes gravy green beans oh man there's just so much you can go with here and you can't forget the dessert where there's uh there's pumpkin uh cheesecake we we had it all it's awesome the way we do things where um my my mother has a, a a lot of brothers and sisters so we all meet at one of their houses and everyone brings something and it's just there's a lot of food and we just eat and catch up and have a lot of fun time so there, there's so many different ways you could go with this oh absolutely you know i'm with you on that it was kind of i think a little bit more of a special thanksgiving this year for everybody being back together in in a sense if you weren't together last year with uh, with covid and everything but yeah it's um it was nice you know I, i'm a big i'm a big uh big gravy guy as weird as that sounds, I like put, I just drowned everything in gravy. I'm sure my uh, my heart's gonna love me for it uh, in the long run. But I love the bread with the gravy. That's a big thing. I'm dark meat turkey guy, or yeah, dark meat turkey. I like a little bit of ham, um, stovetop stuffing. Don't give me any of that, you know, handmade stuff. Just give me the stovetop. We're good there. And um, and yeah, you know, I'm I'm a happy camper. I like the canned 
uh, canned cranberries, uh, though I had some really good actual cranberry sauce, which was fantastic. But, you know, as I'm talking about this, it's making me more and more hungry for more Thanksgiving. And it's my favorite holiday because I, I love to eat. Absolutely my favorite thing. So, Guys, just want to say thanks so much for listening to this podcast here at Talking Halos, making us the best Angels podcast out there. I truly do believe it. If you want to join us for a little Talking Fans, shoot us a message on Twitter at Talking Halos. You can shoot me a message and follow me at Jared underscore Tims. And you can also shoot Nate a message and and and, and uh, follow him at NateGreen34. And guys, leave us a review. If you think we deserve a five-star review, leave it for us. If you think we can do something better, you know, let us know. I, I, I really do appreciate it. So... Let's get on to it here. Nate, we just talked about Thanksgiving, Black Friday. You know what that means? It's Christmas time. I would love to know your Christmas list for the Angels. It doesn't have to be players. It doesn't have to be anything in particular. I just have to say this. It cannot be a World Series, and it cannot be a playoff berth. So give me three things you want from the Angels this year for Christmas. can be players. can be pitchers can be whatever you want. Or I can go first because I have a couple things in my head already. Yeah, we'll let you go first on this one because I, I obviously like the the players come first, you know, a couple different guys, but I want to hear what you got. Absolutely. I, I say it every year. I think we did this with, uh, with Derek and John last year. My number one thing, change the name. Let's go back to Anaheim. I, I'm, not a, I'm not in on the L.A. thing. As weird as that sounds like, I, I'm a fan of the business side of things, and I think that already does a great job with that and I know that's a business aspect but Dodger fans don't like the LA Angels you know they would they would much rather prefer it be the Anaheim Angels again I think that a lot of people would like to see Anaheim or California Angels again um and and I'm all with it do you have a name that you prefer actually now we're thinking about it I actually like California Mm -hmm. I, I don't mind Anaheim either I just think California goes you could go back to the the really fun uniforms I love those dark blue and and red uniforms they had back in the day with the white those are the best i mean that leads me on to my number two thing i want new uniforms again i I would love to incorporate a little bit of navy i know they for a long time sold a navy jersey in the team store for some random reason and and it was like why aren't the angels wearing this jersey this would be a legitimate awesome fourth jersey you can keep the red just throw a little navy in with it you know give me a navy give me a navy bill for the Angels. I think that would be kind of sick. Give me a little bit more navy in the jerseys. Um, give me a navy jersey maybe, like you said. Uh, we don't necessarily need to go back to those Disney days with the pinstripes and such like that, though I, I love those jerseys. But maybe give me a little bit of blue in, in the jerseys, and I, I think that that kind of evens it out. I'm not saying that the Angels have bad jerseys. I just need a little bit more creativeness other than you know the Angels across the logo and white, red, and, and gray, right? Yeah. I, I like the uniform. The uniforms prior to the Disney ones were the best. Oh, absolutely! Nineties. Like yeah, the small. I like the small A. You know, I, I like that logo a lot. I like the straight A, if that makes sense. Like it was like straight up to the top and straight down with the navy. Um, I think uh, I, the player I remember the most wearing those navy jerseys, Don Baylor. Um, for some oh. for some strange reason, the Don Baylor days were uh, were really cool. I know you and I weren't around. But I, I really like those those jerseys. So that's my second one on on this Christmas wish list for the Angels. I, I hope they go to something like that eventually. And number three, I would I'd feel remiss if I didn't say it. I'm gonna stick with the trend. I'm gonna stick with the fans on this one and, and, and hashtag Stroman to Anaheim. 
You know, I think that I, I would love to see it. I know it would make the fans happy. And, and at some point, you look around, the Angels have gone after pitching, and, and you got to continue to make the fans happy. You know, that that's if that's what gets butts in seats and that's going to help, you know, win games, I think you, you, you got to kind of do it, you know, if it all works out. And, and Stroman's doing a great job of, of being Trevor Bauer 2.0 on, on social media, and that is what it is. But, uh, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, Stroman ends up in a better situation than what Bauer's in right now. So I know that you're not with, with the Stroman thing at all, and I know that he is, you know, an interesting clubhouse figure. I know he's all over social media and such like that, but, you know, he's got that little bit of a, uh, a little bit of flair, which is what the Angels really kind of need in the rotation. And, and, it, and again, it fits the trend. It really does. You look at, he was with the Blue Jays. He was with the Mets. You know, so <laughs> that just seems to be where the angels are going now. So, Nate, did I give you any decent ideas for your Christmas wish list for the angels? Yes, and and one of them is going to be for the future. Obviously, this won't get done this year, but I, I actually would love to see a new ballpark. Um, I, I love Angel Stadium. I've been going there since I was, you know, one and a half years old was my first game. Uh, but but it would be really cool to not necessarily like they don't have to tear it down and, and build a completely new one, but like it'd be cool to, to see like a different design or, or something like that. I I think that sadly enough, the Angels are one of the oldest ballparks in Major League Baseball right now. I think they're bottom ten in that right now for oldest, which is weird to say because it doesn't feel like Angel Stadium is that old. I think sixty four. Yeah, I remember correctly. I like so, I like the the age aspect of it. I kind of think that's cool that the Angels have one of the oldest ballparks in baseball. Besides, what is it? I think it's I think it's top five at the moment. I think Fenway, I think Dodger Stadium's a little bit older, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Wrigley, and I think that might be it. I think the Angels are number four. Yeah, I mean it's certainly possible, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's great that they have an older ballpark, but I think that there's some things that they could do to to spice it up a little bit, maybe throw a little bit more Navy in there, and you know, the colors and, and things like that. I don't know. Um, it's funny too, because I have a lot of friends from, you know, Midwest East coast and they always tell me like, man, you're so lucky, lucky to be able to go to angel stadium. I'm like, yeah, you know, I love angel stadium. And then they come out and they go to angel stadium. And they're like, you know what? It's not as cool as I thought it was. It's like, I understand because you go to Petco and everything's brand new. You go to uh, Atlanta, everything's brand new. Like all these stadiums have such brand new features and things like that, where it's like, oh, this has got that, this has got that. Um, so yeah, that's something that that would be really fun. Um, obviously, it won't happen this year, but it, it could happen uh, in the next in the coming years with already buying um, the parking lot and things like that. So. That would be fun. I'm all, I'm all with that. Can I give a suggestion around around the stadium, what I'd love to see? I'd love to see them, where the old train station was, start putting in new, um, putting in breweries, putting in restaurants, making it a uh, full day activity, if that makes sense. You know, make, get the nightlife going around there too. I think that'd be a lot of fun. That's what, um, so when he bought it, that was what he first came out and said, like he wants to make it like downtown San Diego, where, you know, you could walk around, um, you could walk to the game or, or take the train to the game and then walk around for until about midnight, 1 a.m. and just be able to do whatever it is you do um, after the game. So 
I know that's in the plans, um, but I would love to hear about the plans a little bit sooner rather than later. Um, so that's my first thing on the Angels wish list. Um, my second thing on the Angels wish list, this sounds really bad too, but the, the uniforms, I, I would love to see um, different uniforms. I, I don't need to see like brand new uniforms, but I, I want to see them wear more than just the three uniforms they got. And it, it feels like that's all they kind of do is for the last couple of years, it's like, okay, we wear the red, we wear the white, we wear the gray, and that's about it. Um, we haven't had the old-time uniforms in a while. We haven't had um, anything fun like that. So I think that's something that would be fun for the fans. It would be fun for the players. And, you know, like you said, the colors are awesome. Everything's awesome. But when it's the same every single year, it just kind of gets boring and you got to change some things up, especially when, you know, we haven't made the playoffs in a while. Maybe this changing something small up like that gives them a little bit more energy, some more life, and maybe they do end up in the playoffs. And not to say that New Jersey's are going to get them into the playoffs, but um, it, it is something that could change the, the way the clubhouse thinks. Yeah. You, you know who does a really good job with redoing the old-style uniforms? There's three teams that I can think of right off the bat. The Royals, I think they did a really good job with redoing their old uniforms into their new uniforms. If that makes sense, yeah. When uh, they added the gold, that yeah. just completely—it mm-hmm. was a huge game changer. Did the yeah, uniform. yeah. I, they make they got New Jersey's uniforms this year. I don't know if anybody saw that, but those are horrendously bad. Like I was not—I was not a huge fan of them um, of their New Jerseys, but it, it, it is what it is. Um, the Phillies, I think, do a really good job. The Blue Jays, I think, do a very good job. Those are some of the best jerseys in baseball when they go with the the powder blues. Those yeah. them and the Phillies and the Cardinals, I think, is another good team that does it. And the the uh, the Braves, I think, do a very good job as well with oh, incorporating yeah. that old the old um, the old Braves logo. Yeah, those, the old school, new school. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. Those those are sweet. I'd love to see the Angels start incorporating that old style jersey a little bit more. And it doesn't need necessarily that new logo like we were saying, but maybe some like incorporating that old logo into it in a sense would be would be a lot of fun. I, I I'm I'm in full agreement. I think the fans are in agreement. I've, I've heard a lot of people talking about that. So give me your third thing on your list. Um, and because I don't want to go with the typical, you know, give me this player, give me that player. I, I want to see a new angel in the hall of fame. I, w- I think it's time. Jared Weaver makes the angels hall of fame. I think he did enough, uh, for the team was there long enough, um, played with them his entire career and just really, um, did everything you possibly could for one organization. Um, so that's what I would love to see. I'm in a hundred percent agreement. Can I, can I boost that up a little bit more for you? I want to see, I want to see 14 through 17 get retired. Sosha, Salmon, Anderson, Erstad. As weird as that sounds. And heck, even, I mean, throw Weaver in the mix too. Get that 36 retired too. I, I, I definitely, I'm not in disagreement with you, but definitely 14 through, through 16. Or through seventeen, I think it's. I, I find it to be really tough to watch guys wear those numbers again. I really, yeah. I really do. Like as weird as that sounds, it's it's a tough. It really is a tough thing, and like it's going to be tough this year to watch. Sandergaard's going to wear thirty four for the first time since Aiden Hart. That's that's tough yeah. too. That is, and I I do love the retiring of the numbers and things like that, but I would prefer like Ring of Honor almost, where guys could still wear those. There's those numbers. Because it, it looks really bad when you watch the Yankees 
you know, have guys wearing 84 and, you know, 72. And you're like, well, numbers one through like 20 are all, all gone, basically. I know it's not exactly one through 20, but it's one to one through 10 for sure is all um, taken in New York. So nobody can wear number one through 10. Yeah, no, I, and I'm in agreement with you there as well. Just it's uh, it's tough with those 14 through 17 for me. You know, I don't I don't know if it's a bitter taste in their mouth, but uh, it, it's definitely something that uh, same thing with Weaver. I don't know if it's a bitter taste in his mouth with the Angels and and the direction they've gone or or, or what it is. But man, I'd I'd love to see those guys come back and really be honored. I know Anderson's in the in the Hall of Fame. I know. Uh, um, yeah, Salmon's, I think, in the Hall of Fame. But I'd love to see those guys get recognized a, a lot more, for sure. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I like those. That's, that's going to be something that I think uh, if we have some guests on in the next couple days, I'd love to, or in the next upcoming weeks before Christmas, I'd love to talk about that. But uh, on to our next thing. We had a, had a fan, uh, Matthew Simmons, I believe is what his name was, all the way from Florida, listens from Florida, shout out there. Uh, message us. He said he loved it. Loves our loves talking halos. Uh, he had a question for us, so I think this is kind of an interesting talking point. You know how you and I have talked about getting the big name shortstop. Yes. Yes. So he mentioned Seager in particular, and he asked if the Angels were to sign Seager. You look down the road, two to three years from now, what does the Angels' infield defense look like to us? You have Rendon, assuming you know he's still around as the possible third baseman. You look at Seager, hypothetical at shortstop, getting a little bit older. you got to start thinking about moving him maybe to third base, but Rendon's there. You probably still have Fletcher playing second base, and you have Walsh at first base. Uh, do you think down the road that might create some type of you know logjam in a sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the one thing that doesn't get brought up, though, Shohei Otani only has two years left. So that DH spot could become available um, where it could be a rotating thing. They sign another guy, and or, or maybe they move Walsh to DH permanently and they move Rendon over to first or Seager over to first. But there's a lot of different things that they could do um, with that. And, and I know that's something that, that you and I kind of talked about off the record is, you know, Seager is – unusually tall for, for shortstop. You don't really see um, six foot four guys playing shortstop till they're 35, 36 years old. Well, so how long tell Cal Ripken. I, he, he did move to third. He did. Uh, but yeah, like how long can he continue to play shortstop for? And do we have a spot for him once he moves, once it's time for him to move from shortstop right now with only, they still have five years left to Rendon. You would think, um, you would think, Seager being 28, 29, 30, maybe thirty-two. He could he could start to move. Like he could probably play till he's thirty-one, thirty-two. So you're, you're gonna have one year of like weird, like what do we do? We're we're like, we got guys who who shouldn't be playing positions that they are, um, which will be tough on the pitching. So. That is, that is something to, to be aware of, and it almost makes you think if there is a shortstop that's willing to take a four- or five-year deal, or is there a shortstop that can stick at shortstop for seven years? Can Trevor Story play shortstop for seven years? 
I don't know, can Carlos Correa play shortstop for 10 years? Or, or at least five years before Rendon's time to move on? Um, I think that becomes the question if you're going to sign a big-name shortstop. Yeah, 100%. And, and I know another thing in the back of my head, and, and this is always in the back of my head, you look at the minor league depth, too. You get a guy like Errol Vera, Jeremiah Jackson, Kyron Paris, uh, Adrian Placencia even, all top 10 prospects in the Angels system that can play shortstop, second base, third base, down the road. Not saying those guys are ever going to be starters. Not saying those guys will ever be in an Angels uniform. But you got to think about that too. I think Errol Vera is the next you know, big thing. So that's a guy to you know, keep an eye out for. But but yeah, you know, you look down the road and it's it's going to be, it'll be interesting. I don't, again, I don't think that the Angels sign a shortstop, but definitely don't rule it out, right? Like, I mean, you just never know with, with Artie and, and spending money. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it does, it does feel like a, a move that I think a lot of Angel fans are, are kind of tiptoeing around. Like, okay, we know it's very possible, you know. Scott Boris is going to start throwing mystery teams into this, and we always know that we're a mystery team. When if it, it honestly feels like anytime someone says mystery team, it's the Angels. Um, and I think that's something the Angel fans are really tiptoeing about right now. It's like, well, it, it is possible if we hear mystery team with Corey Seager, it could be us. And is there a chance that we win the, the Corey Seager sweepstakes or the Carlos Correa sweepstakes or Trevor Story or, or whoever it is? And I don't know. I don't know how Angel fans will react to that. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. You know, there's a, there's a hole there right now, and no one's talking about the Angels being a contender for for a shortstop. And knowing what the Angels have done in the past, yes, the Angels want to go get pitching, and the Angels have gotten pitching. You know, but uh, just I I I gotta say it. You never know. <laughs> you never ever know. So. Yeah, very interesting question. It it's definitely interesting to think about that down the road. You think about it right now, and it's like, yeah, Seager's going to be there. Seager's had some injuries, and and you never know. You know, see, he, Corey Seager could be a shortstop, or or it could be a first baseman. Should I say? Uh, I could end up at at first. You could move Rendon to second base, move Fletcher to shortstop, move Seager to third base. I I, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting thing. It definitely is, and. And something you got to think about for sure. So, great question, Matt. Appreciate all the kind words that you gave us. Um, have a, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving as well. So, on to our next and final subject here. Uh, Carlos Correa came out a couple, I guess, a week ago or so on a on a radio show or a podcast talking about Derek Jeter and how he doesn't deserve every all the accolades and he's not that good of a good of a shortstop defensively. Didn't deserve the gold gloves. Uh, fast forward a couple days later, Noah Syndergaard on Intentional Talk, he had to say that he hoped that if he had one person to strike out, it was would be Carlos Correa. And I quote this, because of obvious reasons and also what he said about Derek Jeter. So it started this giant feud. It, honestly, this is a kind of a big thing that's that's kind of going back and forth, a little bit of a rivalry starting. So I'm, I'm intrigued now. I'm hoping that Correa signs in the AL. Uh, so we so we can see this at some point, and um, it, it's very interesting. But it, not necessarily what I want to talk about. More, I want to talk about Derek Jeter and defense here. So, what do we think about defense? Do you look at the time when Derek Jeter played? And obviously, we don't have the stat cast that we do now, and and such great saber metrics and, and and all of that. And obviously, you look at what Jeter did 
analytically now and you're like, oh, he's not that good of a shortstop. Like he, he isn't that dude. But you look at when we were young, Jeter was the best defender out there because of the plays that he made. How do you feel about this, Nate? Like, is he actually a good defender? Do we Are we looking too much into the numbers that aren't really real? Or I, I don't know if that makes sense because like we don't have the numbers. We don't have the range factor. We don't know how you know, good his arm was from when he played, when he was in his prime, you know? Yes, he was a very clutch hitter and, and everything, but I, I want to know defensively what, what our thoughts are on all this. Honestly, when it comes to defense, especially at the shortstop position, just remembering who Derek Jeter was, the, the thing I remember about Derek Jeter is he made the he was always the guy to make the superstar highlight plays. That was him. You know, the, the dive into the stands, the the flip. I don't even have to explain anything. I can just say the flip and everyone knows exactly what play I'm talking about, which is unbelievable that you can make that kind of play and just say two words and people already know who it was and what play it was. Um, and, and it kind of reminds me of another shortstop who's available right now. And I think that he is very, very similar. Um, I think that he makes the spectacular plays. And the numbers will say that he is an average shortstop, maybe even a below-average shortstop um, defensively. But the guy makes outstanding plays all the time. And he kind of gets hammered in defensive run save, which is a nice stat. But I don't know if that's really a stat that we, we need to fall in love with. Because, you know, you can make a nice play uh, with two outs, and then the next inning the first guy strikes out, and you end up not getting defensive run saved. With, you know, if you make the nice play with nobody on or whatever. So that stat is kind of misleading at times. But Javier Baez is very much like Derek Jeter. He makes outstanding highlight plays all the time. You hear about how good of a shortstop he is. But when you look at the numbers, he's really not that good. And so that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about Derek Jeter. Is, you know, Javier Baez has got the, uh, the sick tags. He's got the nicknames, the the swag and, and this and that. But when you really dive into the numbers, he is not one of the best shortstops defensively in baseball, but he is talked about like he is because he makes all the superstar plays. And I think that's what happened when we were younger is ESPN top 10 was the thing. And Derek Jeter was on top 10. Probably it felt like every single night, honestly, like he had one play every single night where he was on there and when, when you're a little kid, you see that when you're, you know, even just an adult and you see like, oh, top 10 plays, Jeter's on there again. Like, he must be really good to, to be making these plays. Um, so that, that's kind of my thought process on it is he made the really, really good plays. He probably didn't always make the routine plays or make plays that other shortstops probably could have made. Or the, the last thing is he could have even been making those superstar plays when other shortstops are getting to those without having to dive or without having to, to slide or whatever. So that that's kind of what's coming up for me with Jeter, but it's really hard to say he, he's not a, a good shortstop just because of the presence on the field. And I think that's a big, big thing with shortstops is bringing the, the awareness, the presence, the knowing when to, to calm everyone down, the knowing where to be every single play, the knowing where the throws need to go, things like that, it's it's so huge. You can have the most athletic, best fielding shortstop, but if he is clueless on where to be or um, where the ball needs to go, like it, 
I, I would rather have Derek Jeter than that guy. A hundred percent. I'm with you on that one too. I think that's big with the catcher too. You know, like you can have a really bad defensive catcher, but if he's pitch framing well and he, I let me let me rephrase that because you look at what Kurt Suzuki did last year in the veteran presence. I think what we didn't see was the veteran presence presence, and there's not a stat for that. And you look at Max Stassi, and and he's a fantastic leader, and he knows what he's doing behind the plate. And the stats show it too, so I think that's why he gets praised so much. But like Kurt Suzuki, there's a reason why he's st- stuck around all year, and that's because of the veteran veteran presence. And and we mentioned this before, Jeff Mathis, another guy. You know, there's a reason why he's been in the league for now 19 years. You know, and and has a negative WAR because of what he can do with pitchers. You know, Jeff Mathis, if he wants, can is going to become a manager in the, at the major league level, a thousand percent. I'm in I'm in full agreement with us there. So, yeah, I, I think I think when it comes down to it with the numbers, I think sometimes there's too many numbers and as weird as that sounds, like sometimes less is more. And when we're looking at the older players in the game, it's tough to look at these new stats and compare it to it. You know, it's like Scott Rowland on the, on the hall of fame ballot. Scott Rowland was a much better defender than Derek Jeter. You know, Derek Jeter's name was bigger. Like you mentioned the sports center and such like that. You know, Derek Jeter was on that every time. The jump man, you know, the jumping into the stands, the the World Series. Yes, 100%. That's why Jeter is where he is. And I like the Javi Baez comp. Um, you know, he had 31 defensive runs saved one year. Javi or Javi. Javi did. Yes, I know he had one really, really amazing year, and I think it might have been 2019. Um, it might have been 20, 2019 was my guess. But I know he has been good. But he also has years where it's like, I thought he was the best defensive shortstop in, in baseball. You know, like, because they talk him up so much, they give him the nickname, um, the magician, and, and he's got the sweet tags and everything, like the no-look tags uh, in the World Baseball Classic, things like that. And, you know, that's honestly one of the first shortstops that come to mind when I think best defensive shortstops in baseball uh, without looking at numbers. And then you dive into the numbers, you go, wow. Uh I'm way off. He just makes some really sick plays at really cool times. Yeah, it's it's tough. Like I I don't know what to take away from Derek Jeter's numbers. Uh, in in his career, and this dates back to 2003, because that's as far back as fan graphs go. He has a hundred a negative 162 defensive runs saved. But how much can you take of that? This isn't that really wasn't the Statcast era. We don't know you know the outs above replacement. That's why the that's so big right now stat wise. So I don't know what to take away from Jeter. You know, he was a he was a good defender. He made the routine play. He made the really good plays. But everything in between that, I I don't know. You know, we like we don't we didn't watch him enough. We just don't know. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting it's interest a very interesting thing to think about. I think when it comes to Jeter, and that's why when it comes to the different eras, it's it's so hard to compare players. Like we want to compare Mike Trout to. Willie Mays to Mickey Mantle to Babe Ruth to Shohei Otani now I mean full circle there it's it's just you can't do that you know you you can't you can't compare guys that are even 10 years apart at this point anymore because of how much of the the numbers change so yeah I think we can just kind of leave it at that I'm excited to see Noah Syndergaard versus versus Carlos Correa in general at the moment because of everything that's transpired this last week between them it's it's very interesting, and, and I, I, I'm even more and more excited that the Angels have signed 
Noah Syndergaard, I'm not excited about losing the draft pick and, and the amount of money, but end of story there. I think we can, we're can we going to kind of get over that once we see him pitch. So, Nate, any final thoughts before we let everybody go? The irony is real that Carlos Correa is talking about people winning things they shouldn't have. <laughs> I That Sorry, was the first thing I, I said. To. It was just too easy. And no, 100%. The other thing that's just ironic about the whole thing is he refuses to say Jose Altuve did not win the, the MVP that year. That MVP award is Aaron Judge's. You can tell me it's not. It's 100% Aaron Judge's MVP award. Um, and that, that was completely stolen from him. So... I would love to hear Carlos Correa's take on that. It's it's funny because uh, I think it was uh, Hector Gomez. He's down in uh, Puerto Rico, I believe. He does some ESPN stuff for uh, ESPN Deportes, I think, or something like that. Um, but yeah, he he was the guy he had the podcast with, and he's been kind of the center of attention lately. And it's it's a uh, it's real fun. I'm I tip the cap to him. He's uh, he's a friend of mine, and I I'm excited. I'm excited for him that he had that Carlos Correa incident incident and to see kind of where it goes moving forward it's it is super interesting like this last week with with Noah Syndergaard you know it's been uh it's been interesting it's not it's very unangel like to say the least with everything it's not like the an angels player to be in the media in this type of way this is a very New York thing and I'm I'm excited for it I kind of am like I know Vladimir Guerrero came to the Angels to stay away from the media. I know Shohei Otani came to the Angels to kind of stay away from that media. Trout has stayed with the Angels because, you know, he doesn't want to be in the media. You know, when Noah Syndergaard's coming in here and and, and firing shots, it's 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 kind of interesting. It it really is. I'm excited to I'm excited to cover the guy this year. It'll be it'll be really cool and I'm excited to I'm hoping to get some some of the Angels beat writers on here. Um, assuming that a lockout happens within the next uh, what two weeks or so, so look forward to to doing that. So, Nate, any final thoughts? I know we kind of went on a little tangent there, but any final thoughts before we let everybody go? No, no, that was it. Perfect. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If you could subscribe wherever you are listening to it, leave us a review, whether it's good or bad. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, mainly just Twitter. Talking Halos. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Nate at Nate Green thirty four. Guys. Have a great Friday. We'll see you Monday, and have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.